Hello and welcome back to our weekly podcast for this In the Time of Waiting series. And I am joined once again by Marcia Moorhead. Hello, Marcia. Hi. And by our faithful uh, contributor and producer, Jason Martin. So hello, Jason. Hi. Good to be back. It is good to be together. Uh, so it's been been quite an adventurous weekend for the Gray family at our house. And so we're, we're coming in here on fumes, getting this conversation started after our, our fostering journey kind of kind of accelerated this weekend, but all is, is going as well as could be expected, I guess, at our house, and it's, a, it's just a party around there right now. So, so I'm happy to be having this conversation in a room by myself where I'm not surrounded by other noise and, and voices. So it's, it's, a, it's a good little break for me right now. <laughs> and uh, we may tell Ashley that this took about five hours to record, if that's okay with y'all. <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> And and this will eventually go public, so... That's true, yeah. We can just edit that part out. Okay. Uh, so today's topic, though, I know is one... We'll see how long this does go for real, though, because I know this is, this is a topic that is... Um, I know one that, that all three of us think is very important. Today's topic is, is on forgiveness, and you can find the handout for that. Um, on, on the website and, and associated with, with different places where we send out some of this material. And so um, I, a while back, did a whole preaching sermon on, on forgiveness. I know it's, it's a topic that's, that, that Jason um, feels like is, is of great importance as a, as a counselor and as a follower of Christ. And, and Marcia, I know, obviously uh, thinks it's important in, in her putting together some of these resources for us to, to kind of chew on and, and deal with as part of this series. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. And, and Marcia, let's, let's kind of start then with this idea that in, in the handout that you put together, you close out kind of your thoughts by saying forgiveness is the power, uh, is the power effective in freeing ourselves and becoming functional agents for Christ. And so it, it kind of sounds like you're connecting this idea of forgiveness to, to freedom. And I'm wondering if you can kind of talk about that for a little bit as, as we begin, about the ways in which you see forgiveness kind of leading to a sense of, of freedom for us as, as individuals and as disciples. Yeah, I, I think that it's, an, it's a concept that's worth thinking about and talking over. And that is that it seems to me that people who have difficulty forgiving wind up being tied to the person that has harmed them or hurt them or um, has uh, shamed them. And it's very difficult to let go of those kind of hurts. Yet, if we hang on to those, it's as though they bind us up. It's though they tie our spiritual hands behind our back. And a lot of our energy starts going toward um, wanting other people to understand what happened, wanting the other person to see the error of their ways and in some way make it right. And there are just many ways in which a lot of energy gets put into this whole issue of forgiving and not forgiving. And as long as we have unforgiveness towards someone, there's a certain amount of 
uh, our life that's going to be tied to that person. Yeah, and you know, it seems like like I think, and you kind of touched on this just there in your answer that as we, because I'm I'm sure we've all had those moments when we have held on to something. Um, longer than than we probably should have and and it does seem like you know th- this may be sort of situational but but we, we we convince ourselves that somehow by doing that we're going to affect some type of change maybe in in the other person or the other person will realize the great offense that they have committed against us or 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 they will realize how much they've hurt us and and if if we forgive them for that it's almost like letting them off the hook or, or saying that what they did is okay. Um, right. And so can you talk about that for a minute? Do you find that to be true, that we, we tell ourselves we're, we're trying to, to kind of make a point almost by our holding on to something, um, but, but, it, but then it just ends up just eating away at us instead of making the point that we think it's going to make? Right. Well, all of us want justice. We want the scales to balance between the wrong done and the repentance that's required, you know, to bring things back into balance. And and that's our, it, that's just kind of built in. We think justice uh, gives us permission, I think, in a way. And there, there are a couple of things that happen when we, when we hang on to waiting for justice. One, our focus gets on that other person more and more and more. And the other other part of that is as we bind ourselves to that person, we have less and less focus on other things. Um, this whole idea of um, wanting things to be made right and feeling that we've been wrong and I'm not saying, you know, we haven't been wrong because we've all been wrong from time to time. But if we hang on to that, we become victims and we can play more and more into the victim role without even realizing what we're doing. And I think that really makes us ineffective in other parts of our lives if, if, you know, we move on to wanting other people to feel sorry for us because of the way we've been treated. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, uh, we've, we've kind of, or, or you have kind of uh, started leading us down this, this kind of stream through this series of, of the, the idea and nature of power and these different powers that are kind of accessible and available to us. And it, it seems like this one, you're, you're almost kind of getting at this idea that when we withhold forgiveness and when we hold on to things, we are, we're draining ourselves of power that, that may be available to us. And, and it's like maybe all these other sources of power that we've been talking about are, are blunted b- because all of our energy is going in this unhealthy direction. And, and it's just it's binding us up and it's keeping us from our full potential and, and the full impact of, of the ways that we could be living, basically. Exactly. I, I think that's it in a nutshell, that that God intended us to be the, and I, by the way, I loved your sermon on Sunday, starting out sitting in the dark. I just love that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and, and then talking about, you know, the light. Well, 
we cannot put our light to shine if all the energy is going into trying to get that other person to admit they were wrong to make up for what they've done to whatever it is we think will set things straight. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think it dims us. We, we are not, uh, we become a light with a heavy lampshade and, uh, uh, I, I don't think that serves us or serves Christ. Yeah, and I think there's, I think there are several things that 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 kind of become barriers or stumbling block blocks to us when it comes to forgiveness, and and we've kind of began begun to touch on on many of those. But I think I think some others are that we we struggle to really understand the the genuine nature of forgiveness, and and we hear people say things like forgive and forget which I think then creates this idea in our mind that if I'm going to forgive you for the wrong that you have committed against me, I've got to forget that it happened. And I think that's why you hear so many people say, oh, well, I could never forgive them for this. And, and I think what you're actually hearing them say is, I can't forget that that happened to me and it's always going to be a part of me. And so I can't forgive you for that. But that's a total just myth. Uh, misunderstanding or I can't think of the word I'm thinking of, but it's a, (laughs) it's a poor understanding of forgiveness because that's forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness does not say what you did is okay. Forgiveness can acknowledge deep pain that will stay with you, you know, forever in some ways. Um, But forgiveness is saying, I'm not going to let it drain me. I'm not going to let it hold me back. I'm not going to hold on to it with this sense of bitterness and, and seeking out vengeance um and 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 yeah even in our forgiveness we attach a lot of it to the other person instead of what it's going to lead to for me right um, we become like the person with our foot caught in the stirrup we're just going to get dragged along by it until we can kick free we're going to be tied to whatever that event was yeah right i think any everyone would be well served if they find themselves having difficulty forgiving someone else um, either difficulty that they realize and that they may even see as justified, you know, that I shouldn't forgive this person or difficulty in the sense that they want to forgive, but they just don't know how to get there. I would challenge everybody to think about what does the world look like in which you have forgiven that person? And, and I think that exercise can do a number of things. First of all, we have to recognize that in a world in which we can, if we can imagine a world in which I have forgiven this person for what they have done, then first of all, I, it, it, that world also has to include whatever wrong they may have perpetrated against me. You know, it's not a matter of, we, we can't rewrite history. We can't go back and change whatever was done. Whatever is done was done, but moving forward, what does the world look like in, in, in that we've forgiven that person? Second of all, it, while it might include something that the other person does, maybe they acknowledge the wrong, maybe they try to make it right somehow, um, we have to recognize that we don't have control over that. And so 
uh, and so this speaks, Marcia, to what you were saying a moment ago, which is what we have control over is how we choose to approach it, how we choose to uh, think about it, and what we choose to ruminate on. Um, and so I think it's important to recognize the reasons why we hold on to those things. First of all, I may hold on to it and may be reluctant to forgive because I don't want to be hurt again. Maybe my lack of forgiveness is allowing that that injury to be on the front of my mind. And so if I'm always thinking about it, if I'm vigilant to not forgive this person, then I won't allow myself to be put in the position of being hurt like that again. And fundamentally what that comes down to is, uh, in my mind, and this is a whole other subject, but difficulty trusting myself and difficulty understanding appropriate boundaries and, and what boundaries I can or should set for myself. Um, the, the second reason why I may be holding on to it is I want to make sure they know. I want them to know how much they've hurt me. Um, the irony with, of that, of course, is that very often, even after we've informed them, it still doesn't feel good enough. No matter how that conversation goes, very often we say, hey, here's how you hurt me. And even if the person is completely contrite and is apologetic and wants to make things right, we there's still a part of us that's like, eh, but do you know? I don't know. I'm not sure that you actually know. At least know in the way I want you to know. Um, and then the third reason, and, and I don't think any of us would want to admit this, but I think this is a lot more common is part of the reason why I hold on to it is by doing so, I may hurt them a little bit. And I want them to hurt as well. And I don't think any of us would see that as a good trait. I don't think any of us would see that as, as a positive thing to do. But I think that we all have that temptation from time to time. You hurt me, and now I want to hurt you in return. And part of the way I can hurt you is by always holding this over your head is by always keeping this as a barrier between the two of, the, of us. Um, or if nothing else, in my mind, I'm always thinking of myself as better or, or, or different than you because I, at least I didn't do what you did to me. You know? And so I yeah. think those are some really important factors to think about when we're like, how do I move into forgiveness? Well, if I'm holding on to something, I, th- I think... Part of the, the way to, to move through that is in acknowledging what is it that I'm gaining from continuing to hold on to it. That's, now, it's not going to get you all the way to forgiveness, but I think that's a very important early step. Well, I just, I just agree. And I do think if we really dug way down to the bottom of the whole thing, we do want revenge. We yeah. do want that other person to suffer in some way. And 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 uh, hanging on to the hope of revenge, uh, that's not going to be pretty. Yeah, and I think I think that idea, especially that that third point that you were mentioning, Jason, and that Marcia was kind of touching on there. I think that has a lot to do with, as Marcia kind of led with earlier, our our sense of uh, our our need and desire for justice. And kind of our our modern uh, kind of American way of thinking about justice is a lot of time tied to punishment for a wrong. That if you wrong me, you should be somehow punished for it. 
very um, often with much more severe punishment. Uh, that that's one of the things we usually do, whether we mean to or not, is that if I think you've wronged me, my inclination, and I think this is human nature, our inclination is we want to go a little bit more than what might actually be equitable, and that accelerates the the. Right. The irony of that is that we we use the eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, biblical thing to kind of justify that. And the irony is that the eye for an eye law is meant to in to restrict that. To say if someone wrongs you, you can't go further than what they did to you. Eye for an eye. Even you got to get you know you 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 have you you are entitled to get back what was taken from you, but not go beyond that because it's human nature in revenge to do a little more. Um, so even the Old Testament law that was kind of tried to be spoken against, but but it's been it's been misinterpreted and, and misused. And 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 I do think so. Yeah, our idea of justice is usually tied to punishment for wrong, but the but God's idea of justice throughout Scripture is not that. God's idea of justice is is the world being made right, um, and and just living is about. Um, this idea of God's righteousness pervading everything, and and we bring that about not by holding on to grudges or or seeking revenge or or taking out vengeance, but through love and and forgiveness and and all those types of of qualities that may in some cases seem to run counter to kind of this this warped sense of justice that that we have from a human perspective, and so those things are in constant conflict with each other i think in our minds as we as we go about trying to respond to wrongdoing can i ask you guys a question um i have an opinion about this but i want to hear what you you think what's the relationship between justice and forgiveness how are those two concepts connected i'm not sure you know jesus stepped in between and that's to me, what what balances out the whole thing, um, that it, if I if I look at at Jesus hanging on the cross and down below, you know, they're dividing up his clothes, um, my little nicks and dings, and you know, being hurt, you know, doesn't really <laughs> compare with that, as he says forgive them they don't know what they're doing and and um uh we want the thing to balance we we want justice we want a wrong done and a punishment for it or a recompense for it or a penalty for it and i'm just not sure that that's a reasonable wanting on our part from the christian point of view I I think um, we we just have such a hard time. I have such a hard time with that. But it, the other thing that that does, if I'm so fixed on justice, it keeps me tied to the past in a way that prevents me growing and moving forward into the present and toward things that are more worthwhile than getting even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always think of justice, and, and Warren, I'd be interested to hear your part about this. I always think of justice as being, that's the business of God. It's God's uh, role to to execute justice. And that forgiveness may be part of that, 
but that ultimately our role is in that forgiveness and is in the grace that Jesus has shown to us. We, we cannot be free, free to be ourselves, free to serve Christ, free to go out into the world, free to love others as long as we are clinging to something that's been done for us that we want justice for. And so I, I agree, we have to leave that in the hands of, of God and and say some things, you know, are not fixable, really. Or, or and, at least may not be ours to fix, even if they are I, fixable. <laughs> I mean, one of the big things that I'm a huge advocate for is being very deliberate and intentional about one's own responsibility. What is my responsibility and what isn't? I think a lot of our personal angst, a lot of the problems that we experience in life are either because we are not taking responsibility for things that we should, or we're taking over responsibility for things that we shouldn't. And I think a a topic like forgiveness touches on both ends of that. I'm taking, you know, if I'm struggling to forgive somebody, I may be taking too much responsibility for them seeking, uh, you know, to rectify the situation that they may have caused. I may be seek, I may be taking too much responsibility for their role in the problem, but I'm not taking responsibility for my response. I'm not taking responsibility for the love and the compassion and the empathy that I need to show even in the midst of my pain. And that that may be at the heart of uh, the, or maybe part of the reason why I'm struggling to forgive is that my responsibility is misplaced in that situation. Yeah, I think that that is certainly true. We do. We we try to act for God and mm-hmm. and not tend to our own knitting. Yeah, and and I think uh, you know, Marcia, you you mentioned the the example of Jesus on the cross, which which I think is is another example. I think that's certainly, you know, our our prime number one example of of forgiveness for those of us who are Christ followers. And I think also exposes another misconception that we sometimes have about forgiveness that I think we sometimes have this idea that, you know, well, they have to apologize before I can forgive them. That if they apologize, you know, then maybe I'll forgive them. But until that, you know, that we have this idea that they at least have to recognize their wrongdoing in order for me to forgive their wrongdoing. Right. And that, and that, that kind of goes back to the notion of responsibility. Whether they acknowledge their wrongdoing should have nothing to do whatsoever with my degree of forgiveness. That my forgiveness is a separate process altogether from whether or not that person acknowledges what they've done. Right. And I think that's where we, and and this is something I I touched on, like I said, in, in the series I did a while back. I think that's where we conflate forgiveness with reconciliation. And that forgiveness can be a one-way street. Reconciliation cannot be. Reconciliation has to be a two-way street. That I recognize the, you know, the wrong that I have done to someone, and I want to go about repairing that, and, and they in forgiveness are going to, to, to you know, invest in that in, as well. And so reconciliation involves two parties, but forgiveness can just be a one-party thing. Yeah, I really liked that. I, I've actually used that in counseling sessions when talking about forgiveness i've incorporated that so thanks warren for for giving me that that nugget i've incorporated that You're welcome. That, that well I, th- I think putting a word to it that that a lot of times that's what people 
are seeking when they say forgiveness they're actually seeking reconciliation and right. and they're they're missing the fact that forgiveness can be part of reconciliation but it's it's not the same thing right and i think that's that's probably my biggest issue with a lot of especially secular writing and and stuff that's done on forgiveness because i uh, you know i, I think you, you kind of always have this common example that comes up of well you know should the you know, should the wife, you know, forgive her husband, you know, for beating her and, and keep going back to him and, and things like that. And, and, and again, it's because they're, they're conflating this idea of reconciliation. And so should she forgive? Yes. But should she be reconciled? Well, you know, that's a completely different story. And, and those, those things are not connected. And so, yeah, there are certainly situations where you should not be reconciled to a person where that relationship may be damaging emotionally, spiritually, physically, whatever. Um, but your ability to forgive is, is separate from all that. And you're only going to end up harming yourself, robbing yourself of your power and energy and spirit. If you're holding on to those things and not, not forgiving and, and knowing that that can be incredibly difficult, I think is what makes it such a powerful witness for us for the sake of Christ. And I think that's where the power of forgiveness comes in because you know, I'm, how many inspiring stories have we heard of someone's incredible ability to forgive? Um, and, and those are so empowering and, and those are so inspiring. And I think that's where we see this, this powerful witness for Christ in forgiveness because we all, rec- any, anyone, regardless of whether or not you're a Christ follower, can recognize the difficulties of, of forgiveness and can see that, that when that happens... Um, in, in, in some cases, it's almost as if there has to be another force at work that is propelling you toward that. And, and I think it's just an incredible witness that we give when we are able to, to forgive big, small, whatever it is, to, to forgive people of, of the things that they have, have done to us. Yeah, I think staying with unforgiveness shrinks our heart. Um, clinging on to wanting some someone else to set something right with us takes up um, our heart space. We tend to contract around that, and and then we are not available in love to love other people, those around us, to. Um, let our heart guide us to be tender-hearted because we're so invested and we keep you know it it's I, one of my favorite stories as you can tell is is the is the christmas carol where um you know marley comes back to tell scrooge don't do this don't hang on to this stuff because it's making your heart too small, and um, and and it made a big enough impact on Scrooge that he <laughs> he did ch- change his ways. And I love the story too because the the family of of the guy who worked for them uh, forgives Scrooge and takes him in. Um, and they open their hearts to him. They recognize his open heart, and they open their hearts to him. And I think sometimes that does happen. 
that when we are willing to forgive, we have more capacity to love and to and to know what loving really is. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting that you use the Christmas carol again because when you said that about the that withholding forgiveness shrinks our heart, um the Grinch was what came to my mind. <laughs> and <laughs> And, you know, I, I thought it was interesting that, you know, you, you have the old school, you know, kind of short cartoon version of the Grinch. But then in the modernized movies of it, they they tackle more of the Grinch's backstory that, that really isn't addressed in the original cartoon. And, and in each of kind of the modern retellings of it in kind of larger feature length versions, all of it has to do with some wrong that was committed against him as a child that he has not been able to let go of. And he's holding on to this this wrong that then causes his heart to shrink <laughs> and he separates himself from the rest of society and just becomes this, you know, this this Grinch, literally, uh, because of this wrong that was committed against him that he doesn't know what to do with. Um, and, and yeah, that it's it's love that, that brings him back and and allows his his heart to to grow again. So. So it does uh, just, I don't know that I've ever thought of the Grinch as a, as a metaphor for forgiveness or what happens to someone when you don't forgive, but it seems like that's what's happening in that story, especially in many of the modern adaptations. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and forgiveness is, we try to make it a head issue, which is justice, and it's a heart issue. And it's also a body issue because I, I have really, as old as I am, seen people who were so fixed on someone who had harmed them that over years and years time, they start to act and look like that person. It is though they are so focused on getting from that other person some acknowledgement of the wrong done that they actually become more and more like that person. And, um, uh, you know, we need to face the other way and and become more and more like Christ and less and less like the person that we think did the wrong thing. And that sounds pretty simple, but in reality, it's extremely difficult. Right. And I'm glad you said it's a, it's a heart and a body um, issue because I think that's you know action plans have have been kind of what you've you've ended each of the handouts with with an action plan and here's something we can we can do in order to access this power or tap into this wellspring that is available to us to use some of the language from from the title of our series and I think that's you know I was kind of kind of thinking in, in it's part of this conversation of so how do I how do I know if I've forgiven someone if that's a completely internal thing if it doesn't have to involve the other person. What does that look like? What are tangible things that I can do to recognize that? And and I think you kind of spoke to it that it's just it's something that we internally feel and know that I know if I'm holding on to something uh, that if I think of that person and that's immediately what comes up and I can feel it in my body and and I know that it is inhibiting my engagement with that person, my relationship with that person. Um, and and so it's not like something I can just sit down and, you know, you know, make some kind of action plan to go about doing it. It it has to be something that we do 
within our heart, within our spirit to forgive that person and, and not hold that against them um, going forward. And it's just something that, that we have to kind of be honest with ourselves internally about. I think a lot of it really comes down to, and this is, this is going to sound controversial perhaps, um, but I don't know any other way to read the gospel without thinking of it this way. And that is, I think the closer we get to forgiveness, the closer we get to loving the person who committed the wrong, like truly being able to embrace love for that individual. And, and I think it's very easy for us to, uh, well, I, I, I don't know about easy, but I think it's very um, difficult to do depending on, you know, what was, what wrong was committed. And, and so you may ask, well, does that mean that I need to love um, this person who did this terrible thing to me? Does this mean that I need to love, you know, the more, most horrific, um, you know, individual that, that I ever encountered? Yes, I, I mean, I, I, I don't seems to be see, what Jesus is saying. I don't see any <laughs> exceptions about that throughout the Bible. And, and the wisdom in that is that the more that we're able to love someone else, even the people who commit, you know, vile injury against us, the more that we're able to do that, the more it lifts us, the more that we're able to... Um, just subjectively feel better ourselves that and and i think that that jesus isn't saying to love your enemies jesus isn't saying love the lord your god love your neighbor as yourself he isn't constantly preaching love just because it's a touchy-feely right thing to do he he does it because love ultimately is the best medicine for our own pain and for our own suffering and for our own uh, the own our own injuries that we've incurred. It's not just for the benefit of others. When we love other people, when we're generous to other people, when we show compassion and empathy to other people, that actually has a healing aspect for ourselves as well. And and I and so in answer to the question, how do you know if you're forgiving? How do you know if you move in the right direction? I think one one measure of that is to what degree. Can you genuinely feel love and compassion for the, the, the object of that forgiveness? Yes, and I think, I think you find that out sometimes if something good happens to that person. And if you, if you find yourself saying, oh, that's wonderful, maybe, maybe that's going to improve their life or help them with whatever they've struggled with. If something good happens to them and and you resent it, you know <laughs> you know you haven't forgiven yet, and it's a process. Sometimes it, I mean, it isn't like, well, I'm going to forgive that person and da da, it's done. I think it, I think it can sometimes take a long, long time to forgive someone or repeat it. Anyone that's married knows what I'm talking about that some things you just have to say, I know this person has many, many good qualities and and this one I don't particularly like, but if that's all I think about, it's gonna be miserable around here. Yeah. So again, it, it benefits us to forgive. Uh, I don't 
I don't have any any way to think about how it benefits the other person, but definitely benefits us to let it go. Yeah, I would say it, it benefits us more than the other person in every circumstance, that our ability to forgive someone else ultimately, uh, ultimately is more beneficial to us than to that other person. They may want that. They may desire our forgiveness, and it may have some positive outcome for them, but it's more beneficial to us than it is to them. I, I agree. Very true. And and I think as, as both of y'all were talking, I was reminded again of the verse to kind of to, as we kind of begin to close out, the we, we kind of keep coming back to this idea of forgiveness and justice and, and how those two things are, are connected or different or whatever. And, and I've thought of the verse several times this, where, um, believe in first john somewhere i think but he, he says you know perfect love casts out fear which is a this this kind of phrase that we use a lot but then right connected to that you know he says fear because fear has to do with punishment and uh-huh. and that idea that that the yeah there's this there's this idea of wanting punishment wanting justice in 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 the form of punishment for the other person but but love love seeks something else and love has a different end game in mind, both for for us and and for the world, and that that's part of how we are are uh, I think called called to live and to act. And, and I've also been thinking about this connection between I think there may be a connection between meekness and forgiveness. I don't know if either of y'all see that, but but I heard meekness described recently as as having the ability or the the resources to act in force or to extract some type of revenge and choosing not to. Um, and that we kind of had this idea of meekness as, as weakness, which is something that, that we've talked about here at church before, that Jesus doesn't seem to be promoting that, that it actually takes incredible strength to, to not you know, fight fire with fire, to, to stand up and, and to say, I'm going to choose gentleness and I'm going to choose a different path than, than violence or retribution or, or, or whatever it may be. That actually takes incredible strength. And, and so I liked that idea of seeing meekness as having the ability or the resources to respond in force and choosing not to. And I, 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 I kind of have seen a, in my own mind a connection there between that and forgiveness. And the idea that, that, yeah, maybe I would even, maybe other people would even say I'm justified by not forgiving this other person and I have every right to not forgive. Um, but it is actually a sign of strength and love in order to, to forgive and to, to move on. Not move well, yeah. you know what I'm not not move on, but uh, <laughs> to uh, to forgive and to to pursue in that way. You know that reminds me of the scene in uh, the movie Schindler's List when Oscar Schindler is is talking to and I forgot the character's name, but the um, the Nazi officer who is in charge of the concentration camp, and he's just this brutal, uh, sadistic person and. And Oscar, and he's talking about strength to Oscar Schindler and and power, and uh, Oscar Schindler turns to him and says, "You know, true power is not the ability to punish. True power is the ability to say you are pardoned, or or something to that effect. I may be butchering the script, but it's the idea." that the ability the power that that so many want so many people when we want to hold it over others who have hurt us and you know that kind of goes back to why i'm holding on to this well i want them to know what they've done wrong or i want them to be punished in some way well 
it, it actually is a greater, like you're saying, it's a greater uh, source of strength and it's a greater uh, power to be able to say, you know, I pardon you or I forgive you or I'm not going to hold this against you in the same way anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And um, to contrast that a little bit, you, Jason, your mind went to Schindler's List. I've been thinking repeatedly in our conversation about an old Chris Farley and Matthew Perry movie called Almost Heroes, um, which... Man, that is a very different movie to to. It's a very different movie, but there's this part in Almost Heroes where this guy gets a drug out of their camp, he's attacked by a bear, and this bear just mauls him, and, you know, he comes back missing a leg and missing an ear, and he's just totally beat up, and he comes back to their camp, and... He's telling Matthew Perry's character, like, aren't we going to go get revenge on this bear? Like, let's load up and, you know, let's go and take out this bear. And and Matthew Perry just tells him the ravages of old age will deal with the bear far worse than we ever could. <laughs> and um, so I thought of that in our conversation about justice. But let <laughs> ju- that's that's on someone else. Let them deal with that. Let's just move forward uh-huh. in strength and with our own lives. And so then the the guy who was attacked just says revenge is sweet, and he lets it go. So <laughs> so they're able to move forward. So Schindler's List, almost heroes. Yeah, we'll. We'll end there. So. Wow. The, those are two very different uh, films for the same object lesson. They are. Uh, all right. Well, Marcia, thank you again for, for directing our, our thoughts in these directions and, and uh, areas that I think are certainly pertinent for each of us and, and good, good things to, to consider. Any, any closing thoughts from either of you before we close out today? Um, well, I... I Marcia already touched on this, but I I think it bears emphasizing that it's important for us to look at where are we struggling with forgiveness and for us to consistently consider that an area of personal growth, for us to consistently consider um, our ability to forgive anyone that we may encounter, anyone who may have wronged us. That that is that that is always going to be a task ahead of us, um, and the more that we do it, the easier it becomes. Actually, the more that we, pr- I mean, it's a skill, very much like any other skill. The more that we forgive, the more that we find that we're able to forgive in in various situations. And so, I would challenge anybody who's listening the, to this to really evaluate who am I having a hard time forgiving? Maybe it's yourself. You know, forgiving the self is, I think, one of the more difficult and challenging uh, tasks of forgiveness that we may encounter. And so who am I having trouble forgiving, whether it's myself or someone else? And how can I take steps towards forgiveness, whether or not I even have contact with that person anymore? Because like we've talked about, forgiveness doesn't require action on the part of the other person. It doesn't require... um, encountering or talking to that person sometimes it can help but it's not a requirement so how can i move further in that direction well said all right well we'll we'll wrap things up there uh thanks again marcia marcia would you be willing to close us in prayer for today uh yes i would all right thank you uh dear heavenly father uh thank you for all the many blessings that we enjoy. And uh, among them are having a Christian community 
and people that we love and people who encourage us and people who forgive us. Help us to be as forgiving towards others as God has been in forgiving us. And help us, Father, to open our hearts and be tender-hearted. In Jesus' name, amen.